Hello, this is Ian Harper welcoming you to Business of Weather podcast, produced in association with Asia Climate Forum, Asia's largest event dedicated to extreme weather and climate change, flooding and poor air quality. In each episode, we'll investigate the increasing impact of extreme weather and climate change on business and society, and look at how weather technology and climate information services can help address the growing challenges. We'll also spotlight the new opportunities for entrepreneurs and business startups seeking to develop the business potential of technology innovations to help those affected by extreme weather. The link between energy, society and the global climate is a critical one. The use of fossil fuels is one of the biggest contributors to global warming, which, if left unchecked, could have devastating consequences for all of us. The energy sector is very dependent on the weather and climate. Day-to-day weather and longer-term climate variations influence energy demand and supply in all areas. For example, in agriculture, transport and communication in water supply and in the built environment. Consequently, the energy sector is a sophisticated user of weather and climate information, and this has given rise to what's called energy meteorology. This is the application of weather and climate information to help create more sustainable, resilient and efficient energy systems. Perhaps most importantly, Weather and climate information has big implications for the growth of low-carbon renewable energy, which can help bring global warming under control. However, because renewable energy is especially dependent on the weather, it is variable in nature. But if we know where and when the wind is going to blow and how much the sun will shine, This variability can be reduced and renewables can play an increased role in the overall energy mix. What's more, energy meteorology can significantly improve energy efficiency, especially in the energy-intensive urban environment. To find out more about the link between energy and the weather, Business of Weather spoke to Dr Alberto Trocoli, the Managing Director of the World Energy and Meteorology Council. Welcome, Alberto. Hello. To get the ball rolling, what is the World Energy and Meteorology Council? What does it do and how did it come about and who are the members? The World Energy and Meteorology Council, or WEMC for short, is the, uh, an association that looks after the link between the uh, scientific community working in the weather and climate space with the uh, energy sector, which could be industry, policy, uh, education and so on, just to make sure that uh, the link between the two communities is as close as it can be. Okay, how is meteorology of value to the energy industry? Can meteorology make energy generation more efficient? For example, by predicting periods of hot and cold weather and the need for air conditioning and heating? Absolutely, uh, meteorology can help on uh, all those uh, items. Uh, just imagine how. The uh, prediction of wind power can be improved by knowing whether a storm is coming or not, and uh, or a heat wave is coming, so you can adjust uh, your level of uh, supply for, for gas or the uh, way air conditioning 
is, is used during the day. And, and so there's a huge amount of uh, benefit and, uh, and efficiency gains that can be had by using uh, weather and climate information in the best possible way. Right. I mean, does meteorology have a role to play with power transmission? For example, can it help prevent situations of the sort that have been reported in California, where arcing electricity transmission lines have caused fires which have then been fanned and spread by warm winds? Yeah, again, uh, there's a big role for meteorology here, as you can tell, you know, where the... uh, the situation here is about uh, winds and uh, and fires. These are, you know, uh, they are easier to achieve uh, in a sense if if there are the right con- uh, meteorological conditions. And uh, in fact, power companies, uh, especially in uh, California but in other places too, have adopted their own uh, models, numerical models that predict the weather. Uh, they've built their their own in-house uh, capability to deal with these things because, um, for example, the power transmissions are subject to certain capacity depending on the uh, temperature of the, the wires. And by knowing the air temperature, the wind around them, we can uh, we can improve the uh, prediction of how uh, the, uh, the wires are going to be over the next uh, few hours, maybe a day or so. So that improves a lot the way we transmit electricity. Is weather data of any special value when it comes to renewable energy generation, which is intermittent in nature because it depends on wind and sunshine? For example, can weather data be used to locate power stations in the best locations, or to forecast when wind and solar power will be available for use? Absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the, the wind and solar power are driven by weather events. Um, one thing I would like to Note, though, is that uh, we prefer to refer to this sort of generation as uh, variable rather than intermittent, because intermittent gives you an idea that is not controllable, whereas right because uh, we know that we can predict the weather, a different accuracy, of course, depending on uh, how far ahead we want to look at, we can provide this information to people who run uh, solar and wind farms, as well as people who uh, plan these power stations. This is a different type of data, but still coming from uh, a meteorological community. So that's key. The latter one is key to get the finance approved. You need to show that, uh, you know, you've got a very good data set for wind and solar power for their approval and financing. Does weather data actually have a role to play in making power stations more resilient, for example, by providing early warning of extreme weather events or flooding, or providing data locations that are prone to flooding? Again, yes, this is another area that uh, the community is looking at and uh, and is becoming more and more uh, uh, an area of interest to the energy industry, including, for example, the International Energy Agency, but as well as many others, uh, even the World Bank many years ago started to look into this area. And it comes down to various factors. I mean, just one perhaps uh, more uh, um, evident, uh, perhaps not so frequent, but you you can have issues with uh, hail hitting solar panels. And and so you want to be able to prevent uh, damage to solar panels if you can, if you can prevent predict uh, hail events. But there are many more uh, events that are affecting. Another one could be typhoons on uh, 
on wind farms and and so you need to be prepared and uh, um, make sure that the, the wind farms is uh, obviously built in a solid way but also it's operating in the best way toward in, in, with respect to the wind conditions, the wind directions and so on. Looking long term, does climate change pose a threat to electricity supply and how can meteorology help? This is another area again. This is a long term uh, climate changes that, uh, again, the community is looking at. So it's uh, the community is uh, just briefly is looking at uh, very short term uh, predictions a few days from few hours even to few days ahead and um, then uh, from two seasons and then decades as well as looking at the past record so there is a whole gamut of uh, data from meteorology that is used by the energy in this case um, people are starting to look at how new generation scenarios could look like under different climate scenarios and so it's um, climate data are informing the way the uh, planning and uh, the build of new infrastructure or, the, or how you make the current infrastructure more resilient. Tell me, where does the energy industry get its weather and climate data from? The, uh, there are several sources and um, there, there is uh, um, companies, uh, there's various companies that have been set up to provide the services. These are the so-called service providers for, for the, the meteorological community to the energy industry. And they, um, there are also other providers, uh, for example, in the US, uh, there is a free data policy, which means that you can obtain uh, uh, forecasts for free from the public administration. So that's a, a very common and used source of data forecasting uh, but now with uh, new policy in Europe also under Copernicus there is more and more people accessing data for climate purposes uh, under the Copernicus climate change service. What's Copernicus? Copernicus is a big uh, program which uh, looks after the uh, various areas of the environment and climate is one of them. It's one of the six areas that are under this program. And, and uh, the rationale for it was to ensure that the data coming from satellite as well as from ground stations and so on are used as best as possible, but also uh, critically shared uh, for, for free as much as possible. So this is a big change in policy in Europe that has been happening in the last few years and, and is um, providing a, a game changer worldwide in terms of uh, availability and use of, of, of data, climate and atmosphere as well and um, various other sources. So Copernicus is a European programme which assists British industry? Correct, yes. Yeah, sorry, I missed the uh, European bit. Yes, it's funded by the European Union indeed. You're listening to Business of Weather, produced in association with Asia Climate Forum. Now, um, what new business opportunities are being created as a result of meteorology's value to the energy industry? For example, providing data? Yes. So one uh, area is certainly the, the data. Uh, so we need data, for example, to ensure that uh, insurance policies are paid correctly. So you need a reference uh, station, for example, to say whether you went above or beyond uh, 
or below sorry a certain temperature threshold or, or precipitation threshold so you need to have uh, very accurate data for this purpose but the i would say the other most common use which is uh, becoming more and more uh, common uh, particularly for longer ranges of prediction is in fact the forecast and 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 so the uh, the traditional companies uh, that have been producing weather forecasts have started also to provide uh, forecasts to specific users and 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 these providers include also the national national met services in various countries around the world you mentioned insurance uh, is insurance important to the energy industry when it comes to the weather Yes, I mean, insurance plays uh, an important role um, in terms of, uh, for example, hedging the uh, use of, uh, of the investments uh, on uh, particular assets. Uh, uh, for example, there is um, studies that are looking at how you could hedge the uh, power production for solar power and perhaps uh, balancing it with wind power if it's a compensation at different periods at different times of years or different times of days and and you can get more of one and less of the other uh, but it's also across fields uh, because insurance uh, is not necessarily a single topic like energy they can uh, obviously uh, look at hedging between uh, energy assets and operations and and uh, agriculture, for example. So they 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 have a very uh, normally they have a very good overview of, uh, of of what the opportunities are across various sectors, and they try to make the best use by balancing all these uh, opportunities and reduce risk uh, uh, ultimately. So that's that's the main purpose. Right. Just to return to the beginning, to conclude, um, we mentioned the World Energy and Meteorology Council. Uh, what's next on the agenda for the uh, the council? With the council, we are uh, helping to have this conversation between the science and, uh, and and the industry, and this is proving uh, successful. We have an increasing number of members that are willing and keen to participate in discussion in special interest groups as well as in taking part in, in um, workshops and conferences. Um, we have our conference that happens every two years. Uh, the next one would be in 2021. So in, we're receiving already got a lot of requests from people asking where it's going to be. So it's, uh, there's uh, quite a bit of buzz around that. And, uh, and, and there's um, other things like tools for education that we are developing. So we're, we're helping in the communication of uh, uh, weather and climate information for, for specialists as well as, uh, you know, for education purposes like uh, high school students and eventually the more general public. So there is a huge amount of uh, opportunities in, in this area and uh, I would like to encourage everybody interested to learn more to visit our website and um, get in touch if you want to know more and, and take part, uh, active part in the conversation. What's the address of the website? Yes, so the address is um, WEM Council, so W-E-M Council dot org. Well, that concludes today's interview. Alberto Trocoli, thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. You're listening to Business of Weather, produced in association with Asia Climate Forum. 
Asia's largest event dedicated to addressing climate change, flooding and poor air quality.